temple. While Rebecca held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Sol Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we've made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate, though he decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead. We're witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong, it is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you can all see. Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Christ would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. He must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Have you received your miracle yet? I was at a church a while ago and that was uh, how the minister began his message. Have you received your miracle yet? And then at the end of the message he invited people to come and receive their miracle uh, down the front. When it comes to miracles we can get fairly confused, can't we, about how could that happen? What, why, why does that happen? Should we expect that to happen? Well, we have an incident here to, uh, in this reading before us today where a great miracle happens. People get excited about it and Peter says, why does this surprise you? Why does this surprise you? God is the same God. He's the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob, the God uh, of miracles. And it's not the miracle which is the focus here, which is why Peter says, why does this surprise you? So if you've got your Bibles open, we haven't read the whole of the incident because it's the whole chapter, but I think you know the, the story. Um, if you've been around uh, churches and particularly Sunday schools, this is a favourite one. Yes, there's a song that goes with it. Um, but what's happened is that 
Peter and John are heading off to the temple at three in the afternoon, which is the hour of prayer. You see, at this point in time, the Christian church is, you know, we, we read at Pentecost that more than 5,000 people became converted. The Christian church exists in Jerusalem and they're Jews and they continue their practice as Jews of worshipping God at the temple. So Peter and John are doing what they've always done they, uh, when they're in Jerusalem. They've gone to the temple at the hour of prayer in the afternoon uh, to worship God. As they walk along the road, there are lots of others going up with them. They go uh, in through the, one of the gates of the temple called the Beautiful Gate and um, sitting beside that gate was a beggar who had been lame since birth. He'd obviously had a very good spot for a beggar to be right there at the gate where, well, one of the gates where people are going into the temple area. And of course, giving alms was one of the uh, things that, that uh, Israel did to look after the poor. So the man had been carried there by his friends or family many, many times before. Uh, chapter 4 tells us he was 40 years old. So he's been a cripple for his whole life and he's been a beggar for most of that time as well. So he's, he's sitting there, the crowd's rushing past, he's going arms, arms for the poor, and people are rushing past, some are giving a few coins uh, to him, and we read that Peter and John stopped and they eyeballed this guy and said, look at me. And the man obviously thought he was going to get a gift, uh, get money from them. And he looked at them um, and we know those famous words of Peter. He says, silver and gold have I none, but I give, such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, uh, arise and walk. And he went... <laughs> So many people know that. Yes, he went, why wouldn't he go walking and leaping and praising God? He'd never walked before. And, and Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, Luke is a physician, a doctor, and, and he says you know, that the muscles and the joints and the bones um, became strong. He didn't have to go to rehab. Sorry, Judy. <laughs> God did this right on the spot, and, and his body was transformed, and he could walk. And he praised God. And as he um, went into the temple, jumping and, and praising God, a crowd gathered. So I want to ask three questions. Why did that miracle happen that day? And secondly, why this particular beggar, when there were probably many other beggars um, in close proximity and certainly throughout the city? And then thirdly, What's the result of this little incident and how can that encourage us in our speaking out for God as well? Because that's the name of this little series as we look at Peter speaking out that we too might uh, speak out or speak up. So why that particular day? Let's consider it. Peter and John had been past this, this guy probably hundreds of times, if not more, on their way to the temple and they hadn't healed him before. Uh, even more interesting is that Jesus probably walked past this guy as well as Jesus went to the temple. 
So why that day? What we learn from miracles is, is that the timing of the miraculous is God's timing. It can't be orchestrated by people. Even Jesus himself says in John chapter 5, verse 19, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself. He can only do what he sees the Father doing. So even Jesus was not a free agent to heal and, uh, and to do whatever he liked. He was in, in fellowship with the Father. And it is the power of God that comes through Jesus to heal. So he needs to be in tune with God. And so do those, um, uh, Peter and John in this case, and those who are involved in, in uh, the miraculous, because it's, it's God's timing. So on that day, somehow, through Peter and John being uh, attuned to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God led Peter to heal this man. And Peter showed um, his faith as he re reached out and grabbed the guy's hand, we read, and he, and he lifted him up and said, arise and walk. So why that day? That was the day that God had chosen. Why that particular beggar? We could say, well, that's the beggar that God chose, but, and, and that's right, but there is a reason for him choosing this particular beggar. And that is because he is known by so many people. He's been crippled for 40 years. This is a public miracle that no one uh, can deny. And that becomes important in, in um, chapter 4 where Peter and John stand before the religious elders and they are asked to explain themselves. No one can deny that this miracle happened. It didn't happen in, the, you know, in, in, in someone's room. It didn't happen away from people. Right there in the middle of the street where everybody could see. And Peter says, it is by faith in the name of Jesus that this man who you now see was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as, as everybody can see. So that's an interesting thing, isn't it? Peter is, is uh, sensitive to God's leading, but the power for the miracle comes not through the faith of the beggar, it doesn't come even through the faith of Peter. It comes through God who uses Peter because he is obedient to God's leading. So the miracle on that day was, and, that, and um, the healing of that particular lame man resulted in an opportunity to uh, give witness to Jesus. And that's the... Uh, the purpose that, that, was in, that is in uh, view here as we read what Peter said. Um, it's, it's strange, isn't it, to say that a healing miracle is like a sermon introduction. It's not the main point. It is what grabs your attention so that you can hear the main point. And uh, that's how Peter took it. And he didn't talk about the, the, the beggar. He didn't talk about the miracles. He talked about Jesus. So what do we learn from, from the actual message that he gave? Well, as we, have, as we said last week, the actual content 
of the message uh, is, was in the right context for that in the day, but our context may be different, but we can learn some underlying principles. So what do we see here? Um, we see that Peter, he quoted the Old Testament, he talked about Jesus being the Messiah, uh, similar to last week when it, on the day of Pentecost, he, he challenged the, the uh, audience and accused them of being complicit in the death of Jesus and he even pushes that home more strongly now. And I imagine that that message from Pentecost has rung out through Jerusalem, that Peter has accused the people of the city of putting to death the Messiah. We don't know how long after uh, Pentecost this, this event took place, but it, it's not too long. Um, there's a little summary statement at the end of chapter 2 of how the church grew, and then we go straight into this this message so peter has pressed that home and the people are feeling convicted of the truth of that that they were uh, complicit in the in the death of jesus and then peter goes on to uh to explain to them their need for repentance and what that involves so as as we think about that peter is on the lookout for opportunities to preach or to teach about uh, Jesus, to speak about the good news of Jesus. And I want to ask you uh, and challenge you, as I challenge myself this week, when are you on the lookout to give witness or testimony for Jesus? When are you um, praying and being sensitive towards the leading of God so that you might have a chance to have a conversation about Jesus. I don't think Peter and John were walking to the temple just to think, well, we're going to go through the, uh, you know, the actions of worship, catch up with our friends and then go. I'm pretty sure they were praying on their way to the temple as to how they could help their brothers and sisters who were Jews who didn't understand the good news of Jesus Christ. And they were attuned to what God was doing. So that is the, that's the mission of the church, isn't it? To be attuned to what God is doing so that we might be able to tell other people about Jesus. And as I reflected on this, I think we've gone off the boil a little bit on that topic. I know I have when I reflected on this. We've had, we've had so many things to keep us busy with buildings and, and you know, other things that we need to be careful that we don't lose our purpose of existence, which is to give witness to Jesus Christ. And we will only do that if we plan and think about it, because that's what, that's what Peter and John were doing. They, had, they were looking for opportunities. So how do we plan? Well, obviously we, we need to pray and we need to, to, uh, to ask God and to seek, uh, to look to see the people who, whose uh, attention God has got already, to see where the Holy Spirit might be at work. We need to pray and, and, and ask for those opportunities, but then we need to do things. See, they, uh, you don't need to do a miracle, <laughs> although, you know, that's not a bad way to get people's attention, <laughs> if that's what God's doing. Um, but we can do simple things, like in our culture... Um, you can have a barbecue or 
an afternoon tea or people for dinner with the express purpose of praying that you might have an opportunity to talk to um, your friends about Jesus. Um, we've done this for many years with, with different people from, from the church of putting dinners together where we've had the opportunity to invite Christian friends and then people who are not Christians and, and pray that God will give good conversation. Um, but as I said, I think we've gone off the boil a bit. And let me tell you where I, where I actually blew it two months ago. We had friends over, uh, friends of parents of, of Charlie's schoolmates, and I didn't pray beforehand. And then when this woman said to me, what do you, love, what do you like about your job? I was floored. <laughs> and... And... I, you know, I said... You know, I love to have the opportunity to, to teach the Bible to people. I, you know, I said I love to be part of the church. I said all these things. I never actually said I love to see people saved. Because I do. But I, I just, because it wasn't on my agenda, I didn't say that. Now I'm praying that we'll have other opportunities with that family and with others. But you see, we have to actually um, be, be on God's agenda. He's called us as a church to go and make disciples of all nations and that won't happen if we don't actually make some plans and, and uh, get involved in it. And God has chosen people like you and me. He chose people like Peter and John to work through that day to bring um, that message and he'll work through people like you and me in this day to bring the message that we have uh, to share of Jesus to the people of Balgal or Beacon Hill or the city, wherever you work, wherever you go. So that's, that is an opportunity for us, isn't it, and a challenge for us. Peter didn't blow it. He was prepared. He started with Jesus. He explained from the Old Testament that Jesus was the Messiah. He called the people out for not recognising that Jesus was the Messiah, in fact accusing them of killing the very author of life. He quoted from the Old Testament to support this. In verse 22 he says, Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be cut off from their people. What a challenge. This is the Messiah that even Moses spoke about. And if you don't listen to Jesus, you've lost everything. You'll be cut off from your people. And uh, then he called the people to repent. And they did. And we see something uh, very encouraging here from the act of repentance in verses 19 and 20, if you've got your Bibles open there. He says, Repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away completely wiped away. Your, your sins, your past, whatever it is that is even hindering you from uh, your witness of God, that is wiped away. And more than that, he goes on to say, uh, you will receive times of refreshing from the Lord. To have your sins wiped away is to receive times of refreshing from the Lord. That's a beautiful picture, isn't it? As forgiven people, God refreshes us. And then we can't help if we've experienced that 
uh, forgiveness of, and work of God and, and the refreshing of his spirit, we can't help but have God on our mind and have our agenda of wanting to, to, to thank him and to praise him and to tell others about him. But more than that, times of refreshing uh, come as our sins have been wiped away and, and um, Peter says, God will send the Messiah. He will send to you the Messiah. He will, the Messiah is going to restore all things. Um, as we go a little bit further, um, Where is it? In, in verse uh, 26. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways, first to you and then to the world. The, the, the uh, sending of the Messiah is looking at the coming again of Jesus, the, um, the appearance of Jesus. And as Christians, we're tied up in the future where God will, will return and that is why we are seeking God in the present to see our opportunities that we can give witness to him. So to finish up then, the principles that we learned from, um, from Peter's address. Uh, as I said last week, it, we probably won't get very far by quoting Old Testament scriptures. But what, what can we do? What can we learn from this? We need to be available to God. Peter and John were available to God. Remember the great blessing of your own forgiveness and that will help you to see people differently. Remember the, the refreshing that God gives to you or experience that refreshing of the forgiveness of sins and that will alter the way that you look at people. Be available, switch on, pray, plan. Give us all a challenge this week. Plan something and invite someone and pray that you might be able to speak to Jesus. Take a friend or a colleague to coffee. Do, do something and pray that God will use that and, and then be, be available to, to uh, speak out. But you, we need to be prepared, don't we? Sometimes one of the reasons we don't speak out is that we don't really know how to say it. And we, we talked a little bit about that last week. But as, as we uh, consider that, we have a story to tell if we're Christians. We have a story to tell. It's a simple story of how I once was lost, but now I'm found. And we can witness to, uh, to what Jesus has done in our lives. Think about it. There are so many areas in uh, our life that intersect with, with the gospel that people may respond to today. And some of those are things like your worries about the future, parenting, retirement, self-image, so many things, uh, relationships, health, work. In any of those instances, we can uh, find an intersection with the good news of Jesus. So that's, that's our challenge, isn't it? To, to be ready, to be prepared, and then to actually call people to respond. Peter took a huge step in uh, his words to these Jews. It might not be the, the, uh, the thing that you, can, you get to do first up. 
But if you're praying for an opportunity, then God will give it to you. It might be this year, next year, whenever. But God will give us the opportunity to, uh, to witness to him and to call people to respond. You see, God is still doing miracles today. When that preacher asks, have you had your miracle yet? Have you received your miracle? It's not our miracle, is it, that we're looking for? It's God's miracle. And the miracle is a miracle of healing, but the miracle is a miracle of salvation, of changing hearts. And God still works miracles today. So speak up. And let's be encouraged by the verse, which is the kind of underlying verse for all these sermons on speaking up. 1 Peter 3.15 In your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you. That's fairly broad, isn't it? And, and do this with gentleness and respect. Are we up for it? This is the mission of every Christian and the mission of our church. And let's pray that God will strengthen us in, in this. So, Heavenly Father, we confess that we have missed opportunities and haven't spoken up. And Lord, we uh, ask you to help us to, to be... Uh, more in tune with you help us to pray and to to seek uh, to see what you're doing and, and what is happening in people's lives and then lord give us opportunities help us to plan that we might have opportunities to speak of christ of christ to others and then lord give us the boldness to to challenge people to see who jesus is and to turn to him and to receive forgiveness and faith and we ask this, Lord, for your kingdom and your glory. Amen.